0: to be moving on to um, gift six, which is actually a couple, two together, gift six. And then the next one we'll we'll do will be the final one, which is the gift of hospitality and serving. But this one is teaching and preaching, the gift of teaching and preaching. It's a serving gift. It is not for fame. It's not for pomp. pomp. It's not something to actually be taken lightly. And we're going to, we're going to look at that tonight. Let's pray. So, Lord, we know that we cannot understand your word without the spirit. You said the letter alone kills, but the spirit gives life. So I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come in and unlock your word. Holy Spirit, you spoke it. You deposited it in the hearts of men, and they wrote it on paper. Make known yourself. Reveal Jesus tonight in your word. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So again, we'll be in Romans chapter twelve, uh, verse six through thirteen. Having then gifts, deferring according to the grace—remember that's divine ability—that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He that that word ministry and ministering is also serving. By the way. He who teaches in teaching, and that's the one we're really going to touch on uh, tonight. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberty or liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with chillfulness, let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints and giving to hospitality. Oh, man. I love how uh, Paul beautifully gives you the heart even behind teaching. You know, he lists all these gifts, but then he gives you the heart. He's like, yeah, it's not about you. Serve others. Uh, even in teaching, you know teach with fever being fever in spirit teach serving the Lord. teach rejoicing in hope. teach while being patient. teach but continue steadfast in prayer. teach and distribute to the needs of the saints and teach but be given to hospitality like like even in your teaching it doesn't mean be just because you teach that you neglect these things even in it you know I, I love that about Paul. You'll find this Greek word also in James chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that he who teaches will be judged with greater strictness. That's very interesting. Um, <laughs> the Bible is, is, is very interesting, and many people think it... it and half claim that it contradicts itself, but we know when it's read read in the full context of itself, like if you read Genesis in the context of everything from Genesis to Revelations, and Revelations in the context of everything from Revelations to Genesis, like it doesn't contradict itself. It actually, um, it, it, it can be applied with the proper understanding. It's interesting that Paul says to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. But then the Bible says, (laughs) <laughs> not many of you should become teachers for, you know, he who teaches will be judged with a stricter judgment. So like, this is the one gift that it's like, Hey, be super hesitant if you ask for this. And there is a difference between teaching and preaching. And I, I want to make that clear today. I want to define the two. They're not the same thing. Preaching and teaching are two different things. And um, the Bible actually invites all to preach. And I want to kind of explain that tonight. however, Teaching um, is a little bit different. Teaching um, really has to do with doctrine. And teaching has to do with theology. And what is right and true about God and rightly dividing the word of truth. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, uh, But again, I just think it's really important to point out what James is saying here. You'll find it also in Acts chapter 2, verses 42. And it says, about the early disciples, they devoted themselves... To the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So it's very, very important. You know, this is the fundamental key thing. The first thing that the Holy Spirit lists about the early church is that they adhered to the apostles' doctrines, their teaching. Uh, Another translation here, where it says teaching, it does say the apostles' doctrine, the things that they laid out. The you know what the foundational doctrines are, don't you? So the fundamental doctrines are repentance from dead works, faith in God, God, baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. These are foundational doctrines in Christianity. Teachers teach these things and more. They They are teaching the foundational doctrines. The Bible says that the foundation of the church is laid or is laid by the apostles and the prophets um, this is doctrine scripture what is laid out uh, again I'm getting ahead of myself I'm, I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna pull back all right so let's define teaching according to the Greek word so teaching in Greek is didakalos, right so I said Didaskalos. Didaskalos in the Greek. Teaching is didaskalos. And what it means is a teacher, an instructor, uh, acknowledged for their mastery in the field of learning in Scripture. A Bible teacher, someone competent in theology, one who is fitted to to teach or thinks himself so, Of those who in the religious assemblies of Christians undertake the work of teaching with the special assistance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, My definition is this. The divine grace gift given by the Holy Spirit to expound, explain, and reveal the heart of God in sound doctrine as taught in the scriptures. So it's not only the ability to open up the, the scriptures and communicate them, but it's a grace gift given by the spirit that as you open up the scriptures, you are able to not only pull out what they say in truth, but the heart of the Lord in the matter. And you teach not only the truth, but the heart of the Lord in the truth. And this is where, again, it says, let not all become teachers, because some of those who run ahead and seek to become teachers, but yet have been tested and tried and proven by the Holy Spirit and spent enough time with the Lord, knowing the Lord can actually teach the truth of God without the heart of God. This is what the Pharisees did. They so had truth about God, but missed God himself walking in front of him. They didn't know the heart. They had the first uh, five books and prophets memorized. But when the word made flesh, Jesus, God dwelling among men, came and walked among them, baptized in the spirit. They they crucified him. They missed it, you know. So it's a divine ability to, again, teach sound doctrine as taught in scriptures. With Coupled with the heart of God. Uh, in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Again it makes two distinctions between teaching and preaching here. And it talks about Jesus. It says Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every disease and sickness. So Jesus both taught and preached. He often taught in the synagogues and preached in the streets. Did you know that? Most often when you see the life of Jesus, he would teach to the those who were religiously minded and preach to those who were not yet of that mindset or not following the way. Uh, I'll give you some other examples of, from Scripture of teaching. Paul's letters are teaching. They are doctrine. They are are letters to believers. You you would not teach an unbeliever. What are you talking about? Why would I teach doctrine to someone who doesn't even believe what I'm teaching about? They They don't even believe Jesus is Messiah. They're not even following the Lord yet. They haven't even been born again or surrendered their life to Jesus. So why would I be teaching the ways of God to someone who doesn't even believe in God? Teaching is primarily to the saints. While preaching is primarily to the lost, primarily. Obviously, we preach to the saints as well. But again, I think a lot of times, especially in modern days, we couple the two. You know, especially the way our services are geared now. You know, because you'll have a plethora. You'll have people who have been in church their whole life, and you'll have people who've never sat through a sermon. So. Often teaching is coupled in preaching together. Um, you'll often hear me say, "I'll preach today," or I- "I'm going to teach today," or because there there is an understanding, there is a difference, and there's a there's a purpose as well. Um, I believe that teaching imparts, and preaching inspires. I've heard that teaching inspires, but I, I actually believe, uh, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. I believe true teaching must carry an impartation to walk in what you've been taught, or it's not real, divine, grace teaching. Good. If the person teaching uh, does not have the Holy Spirit working within them, and the Holy Spirit's not working through the body while what's being taught, then you're basically setting people up to fail. You're giving them all this information that they'll have a whole bunch of head knowledge, but they won't be able to apply it to their life. But real biblical teaching teaches you the heart and ways of God and imparts the grace to do it. The Holy Spirit releases the grace to do what God tells you to do. God never tells you to do something uh, that he doesn't empower you to do. He doesn't. That's old covenant. New covenant is I did it and I'm giving you the power to walk it out. Letters are teaching Uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount If you read the Sermon on the Mount Jesus is Teaching the ways Of the kingdom He's not quite just preaching the gospel He's actually teaching Kingdom principles At this point in Jesus' ministry He had preached the gospel And had a large enough following That he's now teaching The disciples The ways of the kingdom. He switched from preaching to teaching. Does that make sense? Again, tonight I'm teaching kingdom doctrine. I'm teaching you about a specific subject within the kingdom of God and how to operate in it, what it is, so that you can recognize it. A, uh, to, to determine if God decides to grace you with that, and B, so that you'll probably know how to receive from it. And be able to identify what's going on so that your heart is postured to receive everything that, that God has. And then also to understand, because when you understand, man, faith is heightened. Amen. I just told you about uh, giving at the beginning of service and how because of my experience and knowledge in the Lord and the way he's, he's moved in the area of giving in my life, I have a faith for it, you know. I've been imparted a grace because of what I've seen God do because I understand rightly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's teaching of foundational doctrine, life application of God's word. Teaching reveals how to do things God's way with God's heart. It, 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 It teaches us gives us a grace and an understanding of opening up his word and actually being able to apply it to our life. You know, it's so interesting the way the Lord is. And, you know, how many of you know when you get born again, you're not, I'm not more saved today than you are if you just got saved today. I'm not more saved than you. You know, you're just as righteous as I am. I'm not more righteous, more holy, none of that. My spirit was born again. Now my mind is being renewed and I'm learning about God and and I'm growing in God. Um, And it's interesting that when you talk to new believers and they're like, yeah, it's like, are you reading your word? You know, because you want to teach people to have a devotional life, right? To to read their word, to learn from yourself. The anointing says, or the the Bible says you have no need of a teacher. The anointing teaches you, which again is why I said you must be graced to teach or you're not learning anything. Uh, But, you know, you want people to be getting alone with God, reading the word, encountering the presence, sitting before the Lord like we just were being filled with the spirit on their own everyday life. you, You know, Wednesdays and Sundays, they aren't enough. You need it every day. You need manna from heaven every day. If you remember the story of the wilderness, like the manna was only good for the day it was there. It was not good for the next day. You need an encounter with Jesus every day. But new believers, you'll talk to them often. Hey, did you read your word? Yeah, but I don't get nothing out of it. So they'll say, yeah, I'm reading it, but I don't get nothing. It's like, just keep eating, buddy. It's bread of life. Just It's, it's doing stuff in the spirit. Your mind may not understand, but it's doing stuff. Just keep eating it, you know. But as you grow in the Lord, and because God has divinely chosen that we would be part of a body, and that we need each other, and you sit under the anointing and the grace gift of teaching, What ends up happening is when that gift is released, it unlocks the scriptures for you to see them rightly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And again, as you start growing in that in the body, then when you're sitting alone and you're opened up the word, all of a sudden the anointings teaching. You're like, oh man. And it starts, the spirit of wisdom and revelation starts flowing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Teaching is used to correct error and wrong thinking about God. Paul said, we take captive every thought that exalts itself up against the knowledge of God. That means you can have thoughts in your mind that are not right about God. And and for us to say, I've got it all figured out about God, and I got that revelation and that understanding without God is pride. But what we have to do is humble ourselves and say, God, I know that I can miss it, and I need you to show me what is right. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, and he exalts me in due time. God gives grace, divine ability to the humble. Like, that's just the way God is. He's not going to give you huh, wisdom and revelation and understanding to himself. He's not going to unlock knowledge about himself if you're prideful, thinking you got your know-it-all and you got it all figured out. It's when you say, hey, I have no idea about any of this, Lord. I only know what you've told me and I only believe what you say. Correct my wrong thinking. Listen, I, I went years thinking wrong things about God. Wrong eschatology, end time study, wrong, all that stuff, man. You know, I, I grew up Baptist and they never talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. Never in the empowerment to be a witness. I, I never heard that. And they didn't speak against it, but I never knew. I went half of my life not even knowing the other side of the gospel, you know. If you ask me, the infilling of the spirit is the other half of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, the first half is Jesus came, died for your sins, buried, resurrected. It's only uh, ascended, sitting at the right hand of the father and coming back. And then you believe in him and you get baptized in water and your sins are forgiven. And now you go to heaven like you've been born again. That's only half. The other half is the good news that Jesus fills you with His Spirit and changes you and yeah. empowers you to live the life that Christ set out for you to live. His life. Yeah. That's good news. Mm-hmm. We talked about it Sunday, man. That's really good news. Yes. You know? Jesus goes, it's better for you if I leave because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Then mm-hmm. that's good news. Mm-hmm. I went half my life without even knowing about that. How many of you know we can have wrong thinking about God and we need the gift of teaching in the body to and we need to to have humility enough to hear and receive from others that are grace gift that have a grace gift from God to teach so that we can see and think, right? There are false teachers as well that try to creep in unaware. And what they do is they they do. It's the opposite. They teach wrong thinking about God. And I I mean, I've seen people in a works mentality think about this. Why this? 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 James says, "Hey, don't, (laughs) don't seek this man unless you're sure God has it for you, because listen, you'll be held accountable. Anybody I ever taught the wrong thing about God to think a certain way and cause them to step into bondage and led them astray in something, man, I'm accountable for that. You know, I'm held to that stricter, stricter judgment." If I told you God is a certain way and He's not that way, whoo, I'm going to stand before Jesus and give account for that. You know, it's a serious thing, and it should be. That's why um, the Bible talks about elders and it says, "Give honor where honor is due, but double honor to those who who teach and can preach." This is why, because it's a heavy thing. They expound on theology and eschatology. Again, theology is what you believe about God eschatology is the study of end time events um, it is also rightly dividing the word of truth to understand again what god is saying in his word and, and not only what he's saying but what he meant when he said it there's a big difference you know um, i can take that scripture that says you know god works together all things for the good of those or god works together all things And I can stop right there and pull that out of scripture and make some kind of false doctrine and just say, oh, yeah, everything for everybody will always work out for good. But that's not what the scripture says. It says God works together all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, if I love him, I obey his commandments. So there's an if there, you know. So one would say. And sit there and accuse God. Well, God, you're not working everything out for my benefit. Well, are you loving him? Are you called according to his purposes? Purpose to glory in Christ Jesus. There you go. So are you glorifying in yourself or for Christ? There's another prerequisite. That's rightly dividing the word of truth. And and this is what teaching does. It keeps us from error. And teaches us to live a life pleasing unto God. Uh, I said earlier, and I'll say it again: all Holy Spirit anointed teaching should be coupled with impartation. You should never be taught some thing you'll never be able to do, you know, or like some impossibility. Does that make sense? Uh, there should be a divine deposit coupled with teaching. Uh, let's flip over to, to preaching. Matthew chapter 9 uh, verse 35 again. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Second Timothy 4:2, Paul is charging Timothy. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Again, he separates the two. Romans 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And again, often you see Scripture coupling preaching and the salvation of souls together Preaching and the proclamation of the gospel together You don't often hear them say he was preaching doctrine It's teaching doctrine, preaching the word, proclaiming the gospel The good news of Jesus Christ This is actually where false doctrine and false theology have crept in And some could say not everybody can preach Oh, not everybody's called to preach the word. Let the pastor do the, the ministry. Let the minister do the work. Well, that's false. Ephesians 4 says that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Hey, in that equipping, they're teaching the saints to do what? The ministry, which is what? Proclaiming the gospel. Mm-hmm. Titus one three, And at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. God manifests from the preaching of his word. Okay. Let's uh, look at the Greek word for preaching here. It's keruso. keruso. It's spelled K-E-R-U-S-S-O. But it's keruso. And it means to preach. Preaching by a herald sent from God. uh, It stresses a declaration. To gospelize. That stresses the victory of God's gospel message in the totality of his good news. To be a herald. To officiate as a herald. To proclaim after the manner of a herald. Always with a suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. You remember when it says, in G- and he, who is this who speaks with such authority? Mm-hmm. Is this was him preaching. Uh, to proclaim openly, specifically used of the public proclamation of the Gospels and matters pertaining to it to herald as a public crier, especially divine truth, the gospel. This is my definition. The divine ability given to believers to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ under the anointing that results in conviction, salvation, and new birth of saints. I'm going to say that again. The divine ability given to believers to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ under the anointing that results in conviction, salvation, and new birth of saints. Uh, some biblical examples of this are Paul when he would enter a new town. If you go read in the book of Acts, anytime Paul would enter a new, a new town, he often didn't go immediately to teach. He would go to the Jews first, sometimes he would teach. Uh, but you'll notice, like it'll have Paul going out into the market square, proclaiming the gospel, and then later coming back with those who responded to the gospel, he brings them back and then he begins to teach them things pertaining to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Preaching, teaching, it's coupled together. Uh, you'll see it in um, the life of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Pete, Peter was not teaching. When the Holy Spirit fell, they said, You're, We're not drunk as you suppose. Peter walks out. He begins to proclaim what this is in the gospel. He is heralding the good news. Hey, this is that which Joel spoke about. In the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And then he goes on to preach about Jesus, whom you crucified, but God raised up, right? And set him at the right hand of the Father and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord. And Peter starts preaching, right? Uh, You see, Stephen, before he's martyred, is preaching the gospel. Stephen starts all the way back from the the history of the Israelites and brings it into what? The good news of Jesus Christ. Proclaiming salvation. Jesus steps on the scene. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn away from sin. Cling to God. The kingdom is here. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Preaching. Uh, You'll find this. uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 1 through 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse one through eight. And Jesus summoned him, uh, summoned him, his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. I I do believe there's a, um, Another portion in scripture, I, I couldn't find it this morning, but it's like, and he gave him the power to proclaim, the power to preach. Uh, but if you don't know, Matthew 10 is what this, the name of the ministry here is birthed out of it, the encounter, and then encounter 1078 is the ministry. Obviously, the, the local body here is the encounter. But 1078, Matthew 10, 7 through 8, because if you notice here, it's from encounter, God calls them to himself in parts, and then they go out. And they proclaim. So it says, And Jesus summons to himself his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. Now these are the names of the twelve apostles, special messengers. First Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother Philip, Bartholomew, and Nathanael, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Judas, not Iscariot, Simon, the Canaan, uh, Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve, charging them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, and do not go into any town uh, of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, this is that proclamation, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Meaning what? Freely I just laid hands on you. Freely I've forgiven you. Go out what you freely received. Freely give it away. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. You encountered me. I saved you. I washed you. I empowered you. Now go out and give it away. And I love this. Uh, Teaching can be... Uh, confirmed with signs and wonders. I I mean, if you don't feel the spirit here today, I don't want to tell you. I can sense the Lord. His presence is here. Many of you, your hearts are burning. You know, you can sense God is confirming it. His word is anointed. That's true. But with the proclamation of the gospel, often you'll see, because again, you're not dealing primarily with saints. You're dealing primarily with the lost. You'll see the casting out of devils. Uh, You'll see the healing of infirmities. Um, You know, and, and they're seeing the raising of the dead, the cleansing of lepers. Uh, signs miracles and wonders to confirm the good news that Jesus died and was resurrected amen mm-hmm. uh, you'll see in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says but you will receive power and ability efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem in all Judea in Samaria in the ends of The very um, bounds of the earth. That word uh, witness actually means a martyr, but coupled also in it is to bear witness of to an eyewitness of what Jesus has done. So how do you bear witness? You proclaim what happened. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, every believer, I believe every single believer when they are filled with the Holy Spirit is empowered to preach the gospel. Everywhere you go, whether it's from a pulpit behind a microphone or sitting at a coffee table, you are empowered to proclaim the gospel. And that is the true sign and evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the ability to anointed, anointedly preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel and see fruit of salvation. Uh, we know it's evident if there's a physical um, manifestation of tongues and also actually a physical manifestation of prophecy often when a person is um Filled with the Holy Spirit. But I believe every single believer has been um, empowered. And again, I want to make that distinction between teaching and preaching. That teaching is that, that inspired word, that, that rightly dividing the word of truth to think and see about God properly. Like to see him rightly and understand rightly doctrine and how we should live in life and be exhorted and rebuked and how to walk out this Christian life and apply the truths of God to our life and produce fruit from it. Preaching is a proclaiming of God's message. Right? According to what we just read, it's very clear. Um, I believe all may preach. I believe not all are called to teach um, because of the severity of it. Um, because of and, it, and it's in God's mercy that doesn't make one person better than another and, and that's the one thing as we're praying about gifts and we're asking God for them is the ones that you receive and they manifest you know that's trusting God that like this is the gift that God gave me and so this must be the lane that God has for me and like that's okay and Paul says eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy like all can seek after prophecy all can seek after tongues All can seek after the interpretation of tongues, give the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all with the heart to serve. And that is as well the heart behind preaching and teaching is it has to be about the person that is receiving the message, not the person communicating the message. If a person is going to be a teacher, may they not be up there for the applause of man. May they not be teaching um, for some kind of income you know like only money like obviously the Bible says a worker's worth his wages in the should not be muzzled when he's chomping out the grain which means that a minister can receive money from uh, his wages from the gospel Jesus commanded us this but that, that the, it's the heart matter that God's dealing with the one teaching should not be seeking um, engagements or opportunities to teach in order to make a profit. That's not the heart behind it. It's actually that you're teaching and you're breathing out and expounding and being used by God to benefit those who are hearing. In the same, when you preach the word, it's the same like he said, don't be like the Pharisees, praying out loud so that your prayers are heard by men. Does that mean we never pray out loud? No, it's the heart matter he's talking about. And so for those of you who've been filled and empowered by the Spirit, and you know now that you can proclaim the gospel wherever you go and may have opportunities to proclaim it from a platform or an evangelism event or wherever it is that you can proclaim the gospel, know that it is not about you. It's the hearers coming to salvation. Mm-hmm. And you, you literally begin to serve in this gift. That's why I believe it's a serving gift. It's not a spotlight gift. It's a serving mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Let's pray. That's good. Holy Spirit, just posture your hearts to receive. God, I pray if it is your will to distribute gifts of teaching. I'm, and I'm going to come around and lay hands on you uh, in just a minute. But God, I pray um, that if it's your will to release gifts of teaching, that you would release them um, in Jesus name to anyone listening to this or, or anyone that I lay hands upon God through For the impartation of spiritual gift, God, I pray that um, you would release the gift of teaching to those, um, God, that you choose. As the the Bible says, as your word says, that you distribute them as you will. And God, then I pray for infilling of the Spirit, a fresh touch. As I'm going to walk around, God, and anyone listening, a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost, God, with the gift to preach, God. That it would be put in them to proclaim your message Lord to proclaim the good news of what Jesus has done how he's healed us and freed us and given us peace Lord and forgiven us of our sins and remembered them no more thank you Jesus right now fill fresh filling and gifts of teaching God right now fresh filling to the ones you will God for the teaching God and then fill everyone with the gift to preach and proclaim everywhere they go like the word would be shut up like fire in their bones, God. And they would be heralds for the kingdom. Heralds for the kingdom. Herald for the kingdom. Fire. Now fill him with the Holy Ghost and fire in Jesus' name. Thank you. Fresh infilling. Fresh infilling. Proclaim. Proclaim. Proclaim his name in Jesus' name. God, thank you for a fresh teaching anointing and gift. God, fresh. Fresh to rightly divide the word. Thank mm-hmm. you.